Background check. What does your background look like? Let's talk about it. Falling all my life and people wonder why I'm down to earth. This is Adversity University. If you waiting for somebody to feel sorry for you, then you fell already. Success is best of those who been grounded first. Cause ain't nobody gonna feel sorry for you. Now what are you willing to do? The only thing that separates a winner from a loser is perseverance. And this is Adversity University. Alright, this is Adversity University, Cody Motivation. Cody Martin, aka Cody Motivation. And I'm here with the Gregs, Greg Pornajor and Greg McNeil. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about Adversity University. Well, Adversity University, what we do is we it's a real talk podcast where we teach people how to pretty much embrace adversity and overcome that. And we have real stories of real people that basically, um, you know, just telling their story, telling their truth, how they took adversity and overcame that and turned that into achievement. And who better but these two fellas right here, the mm-hmm. authors of background check the seven keys to unlocking success yes in sir and in business yes sir yes sir so, so you know let's let's let, let's talk about it real quick first of all introduce yourself to the people greg point is your one half of the hybrid reunion team yes sir and greg mcneil the other half of the hybrid reunion team hey man these some real deal fellas man and you know, you know, real, realistically, man, I got a lot of respects for these dudes. You know, both personally and business-wise, man, they got a lot going on. Um, but really, I want to get into it. I want to jump straight into it. Um, just really about the just just background check. Like, just tell me about background checking. First of all, what's what is background check? Number one, let, let's start there. Well, um, background check is a number of things. Mm-hmm. When you first initially looking at the book cover, you're thinking, ah, oh, it's another prison book or something like that, right. which you can um, associate it with that because mm-hmm. me and him both uh, experienced some adversity with, uh, you know, the prison system. Yep. But we took it a little deeper. So we do touch on that aspect as far as us going through uh, those trials and tribulations. Yeah. But we also spoke to the other part of it being... Tapping into your background of your life. Tapping into your background. Yeah, it's just basically tapping into, you know, how you were raised, the things you saw coming up, the environment you was raised in. All of that forms and creates your background and how you view life. You know what I'm saying? And right. being able to tap into that right. to be the greater you. That's good because a lot of people, you know, you know, we come from different circumstances. Everybody mm-hmm. got a different walk of life. Yeah. Um, but what most people do in society is judge books by its cover. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really look at somebody and understand who they are. You know what I'm saying? It's just really their story. Mm-hmm. So, what? <clears throat> let's talk about. Let's talk about your story. Okay. Let's talk about your story. How do you want to dig into it? Because I'm not just gonna put nothing out there. I want you to go ahead and put it out there. How you want to put it out there? Yeah, I mean, we, can talk, we can talk about it. Um, yeah. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah. I always like to start from the beginning. Um, Young kid, raised uh, Irvington, New Jersey, is where mm-hmm. I you know, grew up at, moved from Irvington, we moved to Union. Um, youngest of three boys, so I jumped off the porch at an early age, yep. you know, running behind my two older brothers, mm-hmm. always into something. Um, Two-sport athlete, so athletically I was always good. I, I ran track, I played football. Mm-hmm. Even at my younger days, I played baseball as well. Okay. Um, and that's what really kind of gave me a segue to getting graduating high school barely education wise but that's what kind of gave me a, a stepping stone of becoming something in life right um, playing sports so i got a partial scholarship to go play football in junior college like mm-hmm. i said because i didn't really have the grades mm-hmm. um, so i did that two years of junior college so i was somewhat still had my head you know straight on my shoulders right um i transferred from juco and while i was there i suffered an injury a foot injury mm-hmm. right so like a lot of athletes um we identify with being a part of the team, you know, being a leader, having that camaraderie, um, your whole life, you know, yeah. since you think Pop Warner, Little League, all yeah, of that little absolutely, stuff. Yeah. And then you get to a certain point and you're becoming a man, you know, at this point I'm what, 19 years old, and now I transfer from a junior college to a four-year school, you know, you're in a small setting, now you're in this big setting, now you go from being a big fish in a little pond to being a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and not being able to play sports no more. Yeah. So that, that kind of you know, you go through those trials and tribulations of trying to find yourself as well. And in that process, you know, I was still going back home and really tapping back in with, you know, some of the wrong influences, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so basically what happened was I got down to the South and went to school in Jacksonville State, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got caught up in a conspiracy 
a gun trafficking case. Mm-hmm. Um, we were basically getting guns from Alabama and bringing them back up north to Jersey. Yeah. Um, and it was getting sold or whatever. And uh, basically, I got caught up and got arrested probably two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, was, that was my charge, a conspiracy to deal firearms without a license. Right. Um, two years pre-trial. Um, I was sentenced. Uh, I plead. I played out to 18 months in federal prison. Mm-hmm. So I sat down for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, came home, three years supervised release. So you really put it in perspective. I was trapped in the system for damn near seven years. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? That's the thing mm-hmm. a lot of people don't tell you. It's like, it ain't just oh you get caught up and you just in and out the system and you go live your regular life. No, they like, still got you. Yeah, they still got you. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? they, and this and they really put the ropes around you because any one mistake you make they're banking on you to make a mistake they're banking on you they're banking on you to make a mistake before you even serve your first sentence absolutely and then when you come out they're banking on you to make another mistake to put you back in there you know that's why that recidivism rate is so high yeah but you know we we overcame them trials and them tribulations so I took that minor setback I focused I disciplined myself I began exercising, working out, writing out my plan, mm-hmm. um, which is what's everything that I'm living now is stuff that I, I planned and I wrote out. This is 10, 12 years ago. Right. You're talking about. You mm-hmm. know, now in 2020, you're talking about, you know, I served that back in 2007. That's so this is This is a while ago. Yeah. Um, so came home, no money, no job, no nothing, no credit score, no bank account, no card, right. nothing. Right. And I stepped out on faith, stepped into the fit, physical fitness realm, Became a personal trainer, um, got hired at a big box gym here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, three years later, you know, I met this brother right here. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we met at, in the big box. Yeah. To meet another guy that has the same name, you know, similar circumstances and adversity in terms of background and things we had to overcome, right. although they were different. Um, and then we just ended up putting our minds together. And our visions align. That's the most important thing. I tell people when your vision aligns, absolutely. You know anything can happen. Absolutely. Um, and then we stepped out on faith, and you know here we are, ten plus years later. Greatness. Greatness. That's Hybrid what I'm Impact Fitness. About. You know we opened up a gym, opened up a restaurant, Hybrid Fit Food. You know wrote our first co-authored our first book. Man, that's you know, what I'm talking about. Check the yeah. Absolutely. Um, we launched out. You know I would say gonna be probably our biggest venture so far yeah, lifestyle, really, you know, lifestyle. really in lifestyle because absolutely. It's, it's a brand it's, it's so bigger than just a clothing line absolutely you know we'll, we can touch deeper into it but that's kind of my story from start to the current um, and my partner can tap into it and, and fill in any blanks that I left out you know what I mean and tying together our story is how we're so interconnected yeah I li- I want to go back to back with the stories because yeah. I like how that how, how you said Wade and him so let, let, let's start with your story let, let's start yeah. with your story how you where you started and how you get got to Ooh. where you at right now well born and raised in Chicago Henry Horner Projects mm-hmm. uh time yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> well uh my story started out it started out pretty good uh, compared to what I saw yeah. within my environment mm-hmm. because I had a you know a two parent home, right. both parents working. We stayed 15 Florida projects, so it was days where the elevator was broken. Yeah, we had to take that hike up 15 flights. You know, mm-hmm. at a young age, yeah. doing that type of stuff. But uh, like I said, my mother and father, both working. You know, very functional mm-hmm. uh, family, so everything life was good. Um, as we were moving on up. We moved out of the projects and we moved to the west side of, of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Henry Hornet is a little over east. Right. So once we got to the west side of Chicago, it was a different type of environment. So people were exposed to different types of things. So that same working, working, you know, two parent home right. became dysfunctional to say the least. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because, you know, like I said, people got involved in different things that were the happening and the going on things at that time. So they kind of set everything back and I had siblings. So it kind of like put me in a position where self-preservation had to kick in. Uh, you know, to make a long story short, both of my parents, you know, fell short and they had succumbed to, you know, uh, the evils of what was going on in the right, streets right, at that time. Right. So, me personally, I saw this around me. I saw this environment, but I also was a sharp kid. I played basketball. Uh, I was, I was like, I excelled in basketball. Yeah. I think I possibly should have done more than what I did yeah. with it. But, but I knew I needed to fend for my family. So, what I did was I had um, started to see the motto. So, 
okay, they selling drugs. This type of money's coming in. So I'm seeing these guys, and this is what I'm starting to look up to as, like, I've always looked up to my father. My father's still, to this day, a superhero to me. Mm-hmm. But I saw what was going on with that fast life. Yeah. So I gravitated towards it, and I knew that it would be a way for me to help my family out. So I started to dip one, dive one it. But I still was going to school, still maintained 3.5 to 3.7 GPA. Mm-hmm. So I was always straddling the fence. And then, you know, one day I just was like, man, it's time to really, you know, jump into it. If I'm, I mean, either I'm going to play or I'm not going to play. Right. What happened was my uncle was, uh, he was killed. I was working, I was in the streets and I was working a night job mm-hmm. and still going to school at the time. But uh, once my uncle was killed, it was like, I took the gloves off. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was like I just let my hair down and I I became who, who I was. Right. You know, the streets know me as, they know me to this day as money. Nobody yeah. called me Greg or anything like that. Right. But at that point, it was like a takeover. Everything I did, it, it was just next level. I met a, uh, I met a connect and I never looked back after that. Right. But I never foresaw you know, the day where the federal government would come knocking at my door. Right. Because I was doing I was doing the wrong thing, but my education still had me doing the right thing. So I was acquiring properties, had a restaurant. Right. It's 20, 21 years right. old. Move I had smart. a gym. Mm-hmm. I had a 24-hour facility that I had, like R. Kelly. All the NBA players used to come to my gym and play. Right. Like, so I felt like I was in the NBA at 20, 21 years old because I had their money. That's so what's it wasn't, up, yeah. It wasn't nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at a sitting man. I'm sitting at a sitting, my brother helping me, no money machine. We counted million dollars in cash. That's crazy. Easy. That's crazy. So uh it was but it was the norm to me because I was in the trenches of right. it. So I like that's why today a lot of guys, man, you got any photos of this card, this this right. Nah, because I never thought it would end. I never thought that they would come. Wow. So uh long story short, uh I'm moving, I'm shaking, I'm mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. My university, who I was playing college basketball for, didn't have a gym. We were in East West University, downtown Chicago. I had a gym. Mm-hmm. I took out a gym built from the ground. Right. My university, we had our basketball practices at my at gym. Your gym. Wow. So all this stuff was going on, but I'm looking at it a small time because I couldn't even wrap my mind around all the stuff that I had going on because the, the life is so fast. Right. So uh, one day... I get a fake knock and boom, at the door. Oh, wow. So, this was the time where the feds, no search warrant, no nothing. They came and tore the doors down and my life changed that day. That day. So, so what happened, they, they, um, they, locked, me, they locked me up, uh, went through the process, you know, the court process, went through about three or four lawyers, Spent about three hundred thousand in attorneys. Wow! Um, only for attorneys to tell me stuff like, "Look at it on the bright side. If you plea out for this twenty years, you'll still be young when you get out. So you still be functioning this and that." And, I, and I'm looking like, "Wow!" So y'all really have no regard for human life if you want me to accept a plea like that. But I think I was stubborn, and I think it was the money as well that made me just stand firm. And I went to trial with the federal government. Wow. I ended up losing. I received a 25-year sentence. And, but my faith never wavered. I always knew that I would come home. I knew there was another purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. So I went, to, I went to prison like I was in college. Wow. So I carried every day like I was in school. Any guys who ever ever know me, like I, I'm probably the best basketball player they ever saw come out of BOP. Ooh, like yeah. we did, man. We had NBA players coming in, like uh, Chris Kai played for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was in Minnesota. They used to come into the facility and I should give them fifty. Balling on them. Yes, I was destroying them. <laughs> so uh, that's how I did my time. One day I was out at the rec yard. I possibly had did like four years and some change, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a call to come to the counselor's office so all the time my worst fear has always been somebody else telling on me somebody else getting a memory about what they want to line say when he did for him so this particular time I got that call and this is what I'm thinking my attorneys told me sit down you need to sit down for this I sat down and they told me man you can get ready to pack up what they said your whole conviction has been overturned your sentence has been vacated 
Mm. Fourth Amendment violation, illegal search and seizure. Wow. Because they were so gun ho to get oh, me. Get They've always done. heard the name, but they could never put the body with the name. Yeah. Because I was always out of town traveling for basketball and, you know, leisure. Yeah. So they could never, and I never talked on phones, anything like that. So this was their, this was their moment to shine. So instead of going about it the right way, they decided not to get a search warrant, tore the doors down, and it came back to bite them. So, wow. So upon my release, I just knew all the things, like you said, the proper, you know, the seven P's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, proper plan and preparation, you know, pre prevents piss poor performance. Exactly. So it's like, yep. I could have came home and I'm, like I always be jokingly saying, you know, I'm Barack Obama in Chicago. Mm -hmm. right. When you come home and you throw and you solid like that, they're going to lay the red carpet out for Absolutely. you. So I could have did anything when mm -hmm. I came home, but my focus and that mindset shifted. So it was like I needed a different environment. So no, I didn't run away from problems or mm -hmm. issues. Matter of fact, a lot of people still owe me a lot of money out there. <laughs> but I just knew that I needed to I needed a change. Need change. So yeah. I stepped out on faith. No money, like you said, no money, no nothing. And I moved down to uh Georgia. Small city, Ackworth, Kennesaw area. Uh -huh. Real diverse though, because that's what I wanted. I didn't want, you know, just right. Because Chicago is so segregated. Yeah, and I know all about it. I hobbled yeah. into, I hobbled into a gym. We ain't giving them no credit for real. Right. Okay. I hobbled into yeah. a, a major gym. <laughs> yeah. Big box. Mm -hmm. I had just came off a microfracture surgery of my knee, so I hobbled in there on crutches, and uh, I was like, man. Uh, one of the things that I was working on during my incarceration was fitness, health and fitness. Mm -hmm. So I decided to become a trainer. And that's when they introduced me to my bro. Yeah. <laughs> Which at the time, you know, it was just an opportunity for a job. Right. To become a personal trainer. He happened to be managing over at this this uh, gym. Mm -hmm. And we linked up, spoke, told him my situation, told me how he had a similar situation and he was going to pull some strings and get me in there. And then, like you say, the rest is history. The rest is history. The rest yeah. is history. That's what I'm talking about, man. It was a lot of things like that I wanted to, a lot of questions that I just kind of had mm -hmm. when listening to the stories. Because, for one, and I don't want to bounce around too much. Matter of fact, I want, I, want, I want to stick with your situation, right? Okay. Like, what advice would you give I, these youth, even some adults, that's in a similar situation where they're just living a lifestyle and they're thinking that this is the end all be all and it's gonna last forever. That, that's the first question, Man. right? The second question is, what about the ones that that's all doing wrong, and you know they they, they, they do get caught up in the mm -hmm. system, and federal system. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the feds. Yeah, federal system, and they decide that okay, well, I'm gonna fight it. Right. What advice would you give those who feel like they can fight the feds? Okay. Well, the first part to that question, I would say, it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just do your history. Do your homework. Yep. You know, when, when we say uh, most of the gangsters in dead or in jail, it's because it's a fact. It's the truth. So, my main thing, I would say, and this is not an old head hating or anything like right. that, I would say get out. You know, it, if you've made your money or you, you took your bumps and bruises, get out. Uh, start looking at guys like, you know, Cody or, you know, even us per se. We we didn't come from, you know, we, we didn't start with, with, with much. We we just made we made a life out of out of what, we, what the cars that were given to us. Right. So it's like at that point, you you know, you, you just have to improvise and uh, start to apply yourself. You know, I. I always move with a, with a purpose and, and passion. So if you're passionate about something, we always say start to write your ideas down mm -hmm. and then, you know, start to put it put it to work. Mm -hmm. And then as far as as far as the uh, other aspect of it and fighting the federal government, it's a different day. So it even goes back to the, the first question. In today's society, uh, people are built different. So when they say a lot of telling going on, so it's like, it's not going to last. So if you, if you, actually doing something you're gonna get told on and if you get told on the conspiracy carry intent of life no matter what it's yep. carrying intent of life absolutely so and they also have something what's called an 851 where you'll double your mandatory minimum from 10 to life to 20 to life if you you could have a probation so with that little simple probation that you might have agreed to plea out to mm -hmm. 
in the federal prison centers, they, I mean, federal prison system, they love the fact that you have a prior conviction because with any prior conviction, they use it as leverage yep, to, to bump your time up. Yep. So that's why they have what's called a 851 because they'll double your minimum if you're on a conspiracy, which carry 10 to life because you was like, oh, I sold a little drugs and I took a, a plea for um, a drug case or whatever it was and I have a conviction. They using that conviction against you once you go federal, man. They're going to double that minimum from 10 to life to 20 to life. So, I mean... My my advice to you was to pump is to pump your brakes, man. And, That's it. And stop it. Because at the end of the day, you fighting a losing battle all day long. You guaranteed to lose. Yeah. If you have the same, if you have enough intelligence to run the operation in the streets, you have enough intelligence to get out here. You have beyond. Away. You have way more because it way takes more. way more. <laughs> I try to tell everybody. They that, don't understand man. that. They really don't understand that. I mean, because I mean, we all come from a similar background, and you know, I'm from Miami. Right. You know, everything. I. That's all I saw. Yeah, that, that's all family, friends, associates, mm-hmm. whatever, man. Everybody either was the biggest dope boy, or you was a robber, or you was you did everything. Yeah. You know, but at some point, you got to kind of realize that there's that there's something greater but a lot of times we're not exposed to that so we don't know different you know what I mean right. I try to tell people in order to be different you gotta see different and, and exposure true. is everything right. you know and like even to go back to like with, with your story where you were saying how you was an athlete you know me myself I was an athlete I played football I ran track and I was it's on the way right? right and it's like <clears throat> when, when I was young I used to get in trouble a lot during the off season you know, mm-hmm. you know, during the season, I'm, I'm good. Locked Football, in. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Track season, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. But as soon as... That you know, idle time comes. Man, idle mind is the devil's playground. That's yeah. what they say. No, that's the fact. And, <laughs> right. and, and <laughs> that is the fact, bro. So, you know, I took that time just kind of, okay, well, let me do what I do. And, and, right. and, and everything negative came out of that. But it's like, you know... The three of us, we sitting here, we some real intelligent brothers. Just imagine if our thought process was, you know, then what it was now. Oh, like, what? how far would we imagine. be? I can't imagine. You understand imagine. what I'm saying? Like, we so, took a lot of shortcuts. We did a lot of negative, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, that that wasn't who we was. And we, we, we overcame that circumstance and those situations to be the people that we are. You know? Talk, okay, I want to get on, on, on your story because... Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because a lot of this stuff touching the home. And I know a lot of, you know, just being an athlete, obviously, you know, I know a lot of athletes. Um, and, and you know, those go to college and, you know, things just don't quite work out for them in that arena. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that they think about is going <laughs> back home. What they know. You know what I'm saying? And, and and whatever whatever's going on back home, they're just diving head first into mm-hmm. Like, what advice would you give a youngster um, you know that's that that's struggling in, in in college. You know that that's that that's that that's you know can't continue uh, for whatever reason, whether it's academic, whether it's personal, whether it's just they don't want to. What advice can you give one of those uh, young young men, women, whoever that's kind of struggling in their, in their situation and thinking to go back home to the negativity, thinking that that's the way out, like that's what's going to allow them to win. I would tell them to focus on the big picture. Oh, yes. Because a lot of times, it's like anything else, and I'm not going to get preachy on you, <laughs> but you think about it in the Bible when he talked about how, uh, I forgot who it was, the Peter, I think, was walking on the water. When he took his eyes off of God, uh-huh. he started to sink. I think a lot of times for us, when we take our eyes off of the big picture, like, why are you in college? What are you here for? Why did you leave home mm-hmm. in the first place? That's what I did. I took my eyes off the big picture and I started focusing on what I was doing in the present. Oh, I'm home for the summer out of time. Yep. That was workshop, yeah, right? Exactly. So I'm home for the summer. What are we doing over the summer? I ain't playing ball no more. I don't gotta I don't gotta work out like I used to yep. all summer long, yep. getting ready for summer camp. Mm-hmm. Out of time, that was yeah, workshop. Yeah, yeah. Watching the company you keep, what we was doing. Yes. Smoking weed. Eh? Yeah. I had a little part-time job. We smoked weed and when you, what I did was exactly what I said. I took my eyes off of the bigger picture. Like yep. I'm, I should be getting ready to go to school, finish up in two more years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Figure out exactly what I want to do. I knew, always knew I wanted to do business, but in the grand scheme of things, I took my eyes off of the bigger picture and I started looking at the smaller picture, just looking at the right now. Yeah. Hang with the wrong people. Yep. Smoking weed. Yep. You know, and then we start doing little stuff. 
Little things. It can, mm-hmm. you, you start doing this little bit of legal stuff here, a little bit of legal stuff there, and you're getting away with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then them small things, you take them little baby steps, then you start getting the bigger things. And it's like, another thing I tell you, keep your eye on the bigger picture and watch what you focus on. Yes. Because when we began doing these little things to get a couple dollars here, quick dollar here, then you start focusing on how do I make a little bit more money? Quick. How do I, you know, I make a little bit more of the same fast money, mm-hmm. a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. And then, and what happens is when you start focusing on a negative and looking for them bad opportunities, those bad opportunities come and find you. Yes. You know, people come to you, hey, bro, I heard you going down here. Yo, you, you see about this and see about that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me. The wrong people came to me. I got caught up and, you know, history, <laughs> the rest is history. Right. So those are two things I would say. Focus on a bigger picture. Um, watch the company you keep and just stay focused on the, on the big picture, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, you know, you know, I work with a lot of youth. You know what I'm saying? I work with a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. I also work with a lot of adults. Um, but, you know, just to even just talk about the youth, most times, most of the youth that I deal with are in like the low income areas. Mm-hmm. Right. And us. <laughs> Us. So every time we, you know, when I when I speak to them, I ask them questions like what they want to be. The first thing that they, you know, come out of their mouth is an entertainer or, 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 or athlete. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <clears throat> I like to tell them that's cool because I mean I can't knock none of that yeah, because that's yeah, the cool. same. That's that's yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you know what's the backup plan? Number one, because you know most people will tell these kids like. Um, and you know, tell me y'all opinion on this. Most people would say, you know, having a backup plan is basically basically saying that you shouldn't have a backup plan because you'll never focus on the, right. the, the, the original. But I don't like to say that, man, because at the end of the day, when you're speaking athletics or entertainment, like it's you like it's one a lot million. goes into it, yeah. Right, politics, everything. Right, so, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just kind of like I don't look at it as a backup plan. I look at it as security. Like, what are you gonna do to secure your future? You know, if you talk about me, and I'm going to get to the kids, but if you talk about me, like, as a youngster, I told you my aspiration was a football player, athlete, or I want to be the biggest dope boy in Miami, mm-hmm. right? That didn't, you know, obviously none of that stuff worked, but I also tapped into what my passion was. I knew from day one passion. when I was young, I always enjoyed helping people. That was my thing. Like, I got in a whole lot of fights, you know what I'm saying, growing up. But if you look at it in hindsight, I just always I was always one that demanded respect, and I didn't like nobody disrespecting other people. Mm-hmm. So I was the one that beat up the bullies. Right. You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In addition to anything else that I did, if I feel like somebody tried me, I'm, I'm gonna get into a fight. You know what I'm saying? But it's not always the fact that I started; it was that I was always I was always finished. Right. You know. So just get back into into the youth who's in those same similar circumstances, and all they think is that you know this is all I can be. You know, just, I could be an athlete or I could be an entertainer. I'm going to just say dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we explain to these youngsters to look beyond their certain circumstances if they don't see that? Like, what advice can you give to these youngsters that's coming up in the similar circumstances that we in, fighting, continue to fight? I mean, both like physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm, t- I'm talking about fighting their circumstances. What do we say to these kids um, to help them move forward and push forward in a more positive light. I think it's a. I think as a person like me, mm-hmm. because you got to think, we suffer from uh, PTSD. Yes, absolutely. You know, we suffer from that, so we see so much trauma and we become immune to it. Yep. So, uh, a psychologist. No disrespect to these professionals, right. but they send them. <laughs> yeah, but he's been through something. Right, right, right. But a lot of them haven't been, been through, through nothing. Yeah, yeah. So when you get those type of guys, like I've been at schools and I've spoke to the youth mm-hmm. and they'll have five different speakers lined up, never been through anything in life. Absolutely. But they got the degrees and everything and they come in and they try to speak to them and yeah. they're getting paid good money for this. Yeah. I'm coming in for free because I'm passionate about right. the youth. I'm passionate about, you know, uh, mindset shifting. Mm-hmm. So they'll do their thing and it's, and then I come. And then I speak from the heart yeah. and I speak from from past experience. Yes. And they love it and they gravitate That's to what it. it so it's like, yeah. it takes people like us absolutely who are like them to form that mind shift within them. Absolutely. Other than that, it's going to be an ongoing cycle. So when you see a person like me who, yeah, I had those same aspirations y'all had, but 
I had that ace card from my passion. Exactly. And that passion took me to a certain level that that has piggybacked into interconnected businesses. And now you can become that person who you said you wanted to be Absolutely. or even greater than that person. Absolutely. It's greatness. That ace, I like having that ace in the hole, man. Yeah. No, but I can't say nothing different. Yeah. Like, when you, you, the question you asked was, what could we tell the kids? I wouldn't tell the kids anything. I would challenge what he said you got we have to challenge the adults in that community that's whose responsibility because we can preach to the kids all day but if they going home to a broken home mama and mama strung out dad in jail living with grandma what you gonna tell them kids they not really hearing you because they like you said they dealing with trauma they dealing with all this other stuff in every case and point every situation ain't the same but a lot of these situations are very similar they going through similar things so my challenge is always gonna be to us as the adults and I will start with the men in the community because Let's let's put it in reality. It's the black community. It is. It is. About, right? it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, is they need to see more black men role models, not only just coming and talking to them, but they need to also see it in examples. They need yes. to see healthy relationships. They need to see healthy, you know, young entrepreneurs, businessmen, whether they're police officers, whether they're guys that own, you know, clothing yeah. lines yeah. and gyms yeah. and restaurants. They need to see that yeah. to know that. Okay, damn if. So if I don't play ball, if I get tired of playing ball and getting my body beat up, yeah. I can do what you do Absolutely. too. But if we're not telling them that and all they're seeing is the glitz and the glamour on TV and the touchdowns and the 50-point games, that's then that's all they're going to aspire to be. So we need to be, I think as men, we have to continue to step up, raise the bar, um, mentor, or at least go back and speak life into these youth. <laughs> not saying that even like within the communities, you're not saying it. Like, you're seeing a liquor store in every corner. Yeah. Not and even if they, you, you know, you're selling drinks, whatever, it's not owned by us. Yeah. Nope. The clothing store is not owned by us. Right. The grocery store is not owned by right. us. So, right then and there, it's like, man, you, you feel like you hopeless because you don't even own you don't the stuff within your community. You don't see people that look like, like you. Yeah. Own, but own you own go own. outside of the community, you see all that. Absolutely. And that's why. I, to, yeah. yeah. So I piggyback off what the topic that we're talking about because. I actually battle with this now, having teenage boys. Like I got a a twenty year old son. Yeah. I got a twenty two. Well, they're not even ten no more. They're twenty. Right. I got a nineteen year old daughter. Twenty 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 year old son. Twenty two year old son. And they like in the trenches of Chicago. Right. So it's like there are moments where I felt guilty from even like coming here to try to set the tone. But they're so young, and you know. Their mindset hasn't shifted, so they don't see that I'm trying to build, create a legacy, right. unlike anything that's ever been formed within mm-hmm. my family. So it's like they feel like they just in the trenches and left behind. So whenever I go to trying to speak and breathe life into them, I'm Dr. King. Oh, oh come on, my Luther King, you because it's like I get the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's the frustration part that I deal with, but I still try to lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, I love them, but I lead by example because I know they still at an age where they have to find their way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it still hurts me at times because it's like, man, I've. Sh- it's like Hope did that, so hopefully you don't have to go through exactly. that. So I've showed you, man, twenty five year sentence. Some of my guys and got kidnapped. We had to get them out. Just a bunch of different things, yeah. trials and tribulations that I went through. Well, you should be like, man, dad, you showed me enough right. to where you're right. <laughs> let me yeah. let me L seven and let me square up and yeah, you know, try to see, do the right thing. But it, it don't always work like that. Because coming from the communities that we come from, we have to be tough. Like being sensitive, man, that's a sign of oh, weakness. Yeah, sign of weakness. They're gonna you know they, and they're gonna prey on it. So they they gonna gravitate to that tough side of everything. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like even with me, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist. So I'm a therapist. I'm a, I'm a counselor, professional counselor, right? But those who actually know me from when I was young. You know, I go back home, man, and I'm looked at a, a, a certain way, mm-hmm. um, w- which is good. Mm-hmm. But they looking at me like a lot of people be like, I, I can't believe you doing what you're doing <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> right. You know hey, what I'm saying? That's a compliment. Right. It's a real compliment. I look at it just as that. But at the same time, it's like because I live this life that I'm that I'm talking about, this walk, this journey, I, I really live this positivity. And I, you know, I try to fight every day. I mean, I, I'm just like anybody else. I, yeah. You know, it's, it's a battle. But a lot of people look at me like, for example, I got I got a little sister, and you know what's crazy? 
You know, sometimes we expect people to move how we move. True. You know what I'm saying? True. And, you know, I, you know. <laughs> Definitely I, my seeds because I'm like, man, this is the blood that's in you. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you can't you can't expect everybody to be mm-hmm. you. And I remember I had a conversation with my little sister and I was just trying to just kind of guide her the right way. Like, look, you know, these, like you said, Hope did that. So hopefully you don't have to go through that. And this is what I'm expressing to her. But she tell me one day, like, hey. Like, you, that, that's your problem. You keep talking to me like I'm one of your clients. Right. I'm like, damn. It kind of... You check yourself it, a little bit. I check myself, well, man. I'm like, so she what, what, like, right, what yeah. do you want from me? She said, I just want you to be my big brother. That's all I right. want from you. So I kind of had to really, like, pay attention to that situation. Like, you know what? I do. But all I'm doing is trying to speak more positive things and you to kind of get you to see different mm-hmm. because that's how I was able to change because we all come from a traumatic background. Yeah. Everybody got PTSD that come from our community, yeah. so to speak. So, you know, um, a lot of people look at it like, damn, I appreciate what you're doing, but when the people that's closest to you, you know what I'm saying, you kind of kind of got to check yourself, but at the same time, I look at it like, yeah, I'm going to check myself, but... I'll be doing you a disservice if I don't continue doing Look at me of how course, you want to look yeah, at me. Yeah, yeah. You know got to pull you up. Hey, look at me how you want to look at me, but I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and speaking to you how I need to speak to you to get you to see that you are great, number one, and that you could be different than what your circumstances is. You don't got to just, right. you know, fold to what the situation is or just just just, just commit no. to your current situation because that's all you can see. You got to have faith. You know, that's why and I preach. Faith <laughs> and vision. Like, I, like, like this, like, Faith, focus, and consistency. Yeah. As long as you have faith that whatever it is that you want to do or you want to be, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. As long as you focus on that, the vision got to be clear. And be consistent. And be consistent. <laughs> and you just be consistent. And, that, and that, that's just life. And that's why I'm, I'm constantly pushing it. I'm constantly preaching it because mm-hmm. this is how I was able to dig myself out of the hole. You're mm-hmm. talking to a dude that, man, I was I pretty much raised myself, man, from the age of 14. I was on my own all the way up until college. You understand what I'm saying? I done got kicked out. Of, I, done, I lived in 22 different houses by the time I was 18. I done got kicked out of middle school. I, I went to jail when I was 11. Um, I got kicked out of middle school fighting the teacher when I was 12. And at 13, I gave up. But then right after that, you know, that's when my dad died. And I was on my own. My, you know, I got sent away to Gainesville, Florida. Um, just but pretty much taking myself. Look at me now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, I could We are the examples, man, of what you... I could Good use deal. all that as an excuse to fail, but I chose to use it as a reason to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's all I try to push on to other people. Like, look, you can be different. It's you a just different gotta, type of resilience, though. Yeah, you got to be. different type yeah, of resilience. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is some real man shit. Like, yeah. You really got to get out there and go get it. Understand, yeah. like, ain't nobody going to give you nothing. Mm-hmm. All this this, this, uh, this system entitlement a lot of these millennials oh, have, man. man. Yeah. Nah, that ain't real life. It's you got to understand, like, what's yours is yours, but you got to go get it. You know, mm-hmm. faith without works is dead. You can, you can believe all you want to but if you ain't put no action to it then what's, what's gonna, gonna happen? happen you know what I'm saying so you got we gotta understand you know how to dig ourselves out of the situation but we gotta also understand that what we're living in currently right now it's not the end all be all we're gonna have right. different you know what I'm saying we're gonna yes. be different mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah so I know I just kind of just went um, nah that was needed went, went crazy. <laughs> nah, that, 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 went crazy. that was a need yeah, <laughs> um, so let's get background check right the book mm-hmm the seven keys to success. That's what it's called, right? Seven keys to unlocking. Seven keys to unlocking success. success. I love that title. Life and in business. Twofold. It's twofold. Because, I mean, life is business and business is life. Facts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. So, I just kind of want to touch on a couple of different things real quick before we go. Um, you know, just based on the table of contents. You know, mm-hmm. we got the, you know, hustler's mentality. Mm-hmm. We got humility. We got embracing environment. We got faith. We got the growing process, purpose, and free game. Now listen, all these things really just touched my soul, man. The hustler mentality, we just kind of, you know, really, yeah. you know, got off of that. What you were saying, got to go out and get it. Yeah, you really <laughs> got to go out and get it. You know what I'm saying? But I, what I want to touch on and what everybody, and we ain't just talking to you, we talking to everybody, need to understand humility. <sighs> Let's talk about humility real quick. What does humility mean to you? That's tough. What does humility mean to me? To me, being humble um, is having a spirit, I think, a spirit of recognizing who you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And being humble and being 
being comfortable in that. You know, right. not being prideful, not being bigger than what you really are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's a part of being humble and a part of humility. But also, I think going through certain trying situations and overcoming certain adversities, they'll make you humble. Mm-hmm. For example, like my bro said, you know, going to war with the federal government. Yeah. That's, what's that? Prideful. Sticking mm-hmm. your chest out. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Although it was a part of faith and it was a part of God's plan, but in that moment... That was really just yeah, it was. That, that was sticking your chest mm-hmm. out, and then when you get hit that sentence, and the judge tell you three hundred, how many months? Three hundred months. Three hundred something months. That's real deal. That's the the humility part <laughs> when you kind of shrink a little bit, yeah. and you recognize like, wow, I'm not as big as I thought I am. Absolutely. Let me let me let me tie my shoes up. Let me put my shirt and drawers on, and let me walk this straight line. Right. Sure. Figure this situation out. Yeah. Um. Same thing for me, you know, we think we invincible, man. I ain't getting caught. I know, they ain't smarter than me. I'm smart. I'm the smartest one on the block. I could do this. I could do mm-hmm. that. And then when you get caught and they tell you to go sit down, go have a seat, young man. <laughs> <laughs> go have a seat, in young DC. man. In D.C. One in D.C. Yeah, 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 yeah. He talking about the story when, 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 when they put me over. I ain't never been to D.C. Listen, this, this, just not to get off topic, this was a humbling moment. Right. You know, right. I, I, I'm, I'm in Atlanta. Uh-huh. I'm coming back from Atlanta, heading back to Alabama. And uh, they pull us over. It's my car. One of my homeboys was driving. Uh-huh. At the time, my license had gotten suspended. So I, w- I would always have somebody driving me. Right. You know what I mean? Until I got my license straight. Mm-hmm. But I just came from court. Mind you, I go to court, everything, license. They give me my license back. I just got to, when I get to, uh, when I get back to Alabama, I just got to go to DMV. Yeah. Get everything straight. And we get pulled over, coming through Douglasville, wow. the fine unit. They still out there now. I never forget it. They pull us over. They pull him out the car, run rights and registration. I'm in the front seat, man. My feet kicked back like this, cross feet, relaxed. Ain't nothing going on. And the cop comes up to the side, knocks on the window. My door is locked. I unlock the door. I unlock the door. Ask, can you step out the car? Step out the car for what? Step out the car. Turn around. Put your hands on the car. At this moment, this when I went from my chest being poked out, like, oh, we good, bro. Pull the car over. Ain't nothing happening. To that humility starting to kick in. Like, what's Deflated. Going on? I was becoming deflated. Like, what's going on? The man told me, turn around, put your hands on the car. He said, uh, we got a warrant out for your arrest out of Washington, D.C. Man, everything in me took me Look. not to break down. <laughs> in, the, in the front of my mind, and what I'm saying to the man is, D.C.? Like, what? D.C.? I ain't, I ain't been to D.C. How they got a warrant out for me in D.C.? Right. But in the back of my mind, I, I kind of knew no, what it yeah, was. Yeah. I knew. I'm like, D.C.? Oh, that's the government. Oh. Yes, sir. He said, listen, I don't know. I just know is a, 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 a warrant out for you coming out of Washington, D.C., the, the government. Wow. Put your hands behind your back. Oh, it was over with. It was over with. So that was a moment of humility from you poking your chest out, <laughs> yeah. thinking you good, to nah, like you ain't good, you ain't good. good. <laughs> yeah. Humble yourself, yeah. man. You're right. not, you're not, you're not invincible. Um, yeah. So when I think of humility, those you know different situations and trying times and adversity causes us to be humble. But when you are humble, good things come out of it. Mm-hmm. He 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 humbled himself. He caught that blessing. I humbled myself. I came out and turned my life around. Yeah. So. Humility is one of the keys to success Absolutely. in life and Indeed. in business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that, that, that's, that's humbling. I want to talk about, I guess it kind of go together in my mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could tell me different. But for one, we just talk about embracing the environment a little bit. We kind of touched on that. But mm-hmm. embracing the environment and the growing process. Like at what point, um, and this, this could go to uh, either one of y'all, at what point did you feel like, you know, that that the the start of a new beginning had that had started outside of just coming out of you know what I'm saying the system. At what point did your mind shift to saying, okay, well, I want to be different? You know what I'm saying? Just that growing process. Well, I I always <clears throat> embraced the environment. You know, I always had close ties to the streets, mm-hmm. so uh, so that that aspect was that was easy for me. But I always wanted different. That's why, like, I didn't go to the neighboring school. I went to school up north. My parents wanted different for me. Mm-hmm. So I went to a school, like, man, like 6,500. I was like the 100 block. We, They sent me, they shipped me off to Egypt. That's what we used to call right. it. So it was like, they wanted different for me, and I also wanted different. Mm-hmm. So from the start, I knew that. But upon my release, 
I had already visualized different. So that's when I knew I couldn't go back to what I was comfort comfortable with. So that's when I knew I was gonna have to really put that humility into play. Right. Knowing that financially it's gonna be a whole different ball game as right. far as me trying to build myself back to, you know, a, a level of comfort. Right. But uh it was no knock to the community, you know, as far as that I embraced. It was just I had grew past standing on the block, standing on the corners mm. and doing that business as usual. If right. I wanted something different, you know, it was gonna have to be a mind shift and I was gonna have to Absolutely. You know, really go get something mm-hmm. different. And that's what I did. I went and got it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, okay. So let let let's wrap with talking about the importance of finding your purpose. Mm. I think that's important, man. Um, your purpose to me, if nothing else, search for your purpose. Yep. You know, everybody may not find a purpose, or it may. Some people find it earlier in life. Some people find it later in life. But once you find your purpose, it's like God put you here for a reason. He gives you certain gifts and certain talents. Now, how do you use those gifts and those talents, you know what I mean, and finding that peace and that joy, knowing like, listen, this is what I'm put here on this earth to do. Like we all talked about all of our purpose, you, myself, and Greg included, our purpose is helping other people. Absolutely. Granted, we do it in different ways. Absolutely. But we all help other people to improve their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all had to go through some hard times to figure that part out. Absolutely. And once we found our purpose, we're able to live in our purpose and make a living off of our purpose. Yep. So for you, for example, being a counselor, like that's how you were able to make a living amongst other things. Right. Us, we love helping people through health and fitness and healthy food. And you know what I'm saying? And going back like we do now, go back and speak to the community. We was at the group home uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, wow. speaking to the youth yeah. um, about telling them our stories and, you know, trying to help them navigate the pitfalls. And they're already in a tough situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? So finding your purpose or searching for your purpose and finding your purpose, that should be our life's goal. Absolutely. If a person says they don't know what their purpose is and they're just going through life living, then they're not really living. They're absolutely lost. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you? Uh, I mean, I think he, I think he summed it up. Summed but it definitely, up. definitely, uh, purpose is important. Yep. So, and it's like you said, you just, you really just roaming the earth, mm-hmm. and and really like lost if you don't. I think one of the key things though is like people are placed into people's lives for a reason. Absolutely. Because sometimes you may have a purpose, but you don't fully understand it, or you can't fully grab gravitate toward it. And I might be the person to push you toward really like excelling in whatever that mm-hmm. passion or purpose that you might have. So I've saw instances where man, person could be a, an artist, but he just drawing and stuffing it under the bed. Drawing yeah. and stuffing it under yeah, the bed. Right. Yeah, and you like, man, <laughs> you <laughs> crazy? Yeah. You could be doing it. You could be doing it. So sometimes yeah, it's that's true. You know how they say people place into your life for you know for a season. Yep, sometimes, yeah. In those moments, it can bring you know that purpose out of a person. Right. So yeah, it, it, it's just purpose is very important. Uh, yeah. I believe, but like I said, I believe that you have to find it, or you really you really are just roaming the earth, love. Yeah, because you got, say something about that. Yeah, that's absolutely. So crazy, he said that because. It's a couple people that I follow, like on Instagram, that that's exactly what they do. Like they draw, mm-hmm. and it's gifts that I'm assuming they've had since they were young. Yep. Uh-huh. And then now they adults, they in a you know, they are you know right. you know mid thirties or whatever. Yeah. And now they gotten back into that, and it's changed. Like you, I literally see the trajectory of what they were doing yep. and what they're doing now. Yep. Literally, their gift has made room for them at big tables. And now, like I give an example, one of my, one of my guys, he from Jersey, named Drift. And uh, you see him drawing every time, you know, somebody pass or anything. He doing these hand sketch drawings. He he's sitting at the table next to the mayor of the city mm-hmm. of East Orange. Like his gift has made a room. His gift and his talent has made room for him in great places. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So absolutely. he's found his purpose, so to speak, amongst right. other things. Yeah. But your gift and your talent, man, that thing, I just, when he said art, it just instantly made me think of somebody. Right. Yeah. That used their gift and their talent. Yeah. And you could tell, like, he said all the time, like, man, this gift, he getting paid off of this. Like, people buying this art now, like, before you wasn't even doing that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you know, so. <clears throat> I found that, I found that once you find your passion, then you'll find your purpose. 
mm-hmm. and then that walk will be a lot easier because you having a reason you getting out of bed on purpose you understanding why what you living for you understanding what your destination is mm-hmm. a lot of us our minds are cluttered with what ifs or what do I want to do when, when oftentimes all you have to do is understand what your passion is and then you really kind of found your purpose that walk would be a lot easier for you and you, you know because most people work on jobs they hate you know they, they don't do nothing that they love right you know and they just kind of going through the motions and that's why most people are you know like i said they're confused or mm-hmm. uh, most people and i'm always talking about depression because most people most people are depressed because they're doing something that they don't want to do because they're not walking in their their passion or their purpose mm-hmm. so i encourage a whole lot of people and everybody period just to find out what your passion is and and, and work on your purpose so that you can f- be fulfilled because anything outside of that you, you're going to lose at the end mm-hmm. of the Sure. You know, so um, Rillionaire Lifestyle. Tell them how to find Rillionaire Lifestyle gear. Find us on, uh, we all over. Yeah, Social all over. media, Instagram. Okay. Uh, Brand Rillionaire. Okay. Um, we're launching the website. We've been we've been doing a lot of pieces, probably a couple thousand pieces that we've moved so far. Yeah. Just... That's fresh, what I'm talking fresh about. Fresh off the head. That's the just, hustle, man. That's yeah, the just hustle. Yeah, real That's the hustle. Yeah, the website. Yeah, that's the <laughs> hustler's mentality. Without no website, no nothing. Just, no nothing. Just really just the love has been real. That's, you know, yeah. Jersey, Chicago, Atlanta, Texas, Cali, nationwide, like yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, so, you know. Facts. Um, so you can find it that, the book. Background, background check, check the book. Absolutely. Dot com. You can order the book right off of there. It was a number one new release on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, but if you go on our website, backgroundcheckthebook.com, you get the autographed copy. We drop a little positive note in there Absolutely. for you and send that out to you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, y'all know y'all want that background check the book, Rillionaire Lifestyle Gear. Listen, if you're a realist, if you're real, period, make sure y'all support these brothers. They're doing great things in the community. They're hell of a entrepreneurs. And at the end of the day, they they great men. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate so this that. this is Appreciate a wrap. Adversity University. Appreciate you having us. My oh brother. yeah, absolutely. Appreciate y'all coming, man. You already know. Yeah, once we, once, we, once we launch our Reunion Lifestyle podcast, you oh yeah, we need we need your motivation for sure. For sure. I'm already there. You already know. So <laughs> like I always say, knowledge is power, but shared knowledge is more powerful. And perseverance is the key to overcoming all adversity. So never give up, no matter what life throws at you. Keep your feet moving. Focus on the solution and let success be your goal. Code of motivation. Really in that lifestyle. Greg and Greg, we out of here. The perseverance of me, adversity, then success is right around the corner. You just got to be willing to keep going. This is adversity university. What's your plan? You going to keep your feet planted or you going to keep your feet moving? And success is the next step. Now what you going to do? Adversity university.